October, ladies and gentlemen, which means that this month at I Like to Movie Movie, we're going to be focusing on horror movies in general, horror related stuff. My name is Dan Scully. My name is Garrett Smith. And you are listening to I Like to Movie Movie, the podcast about movie movies. Uh, coming up soon, October 15th, we will once again be at Philomoka because for them, October is all about David Lynch. That's right. And uh, we missed the boat on that last year. We I did? think doing our sports movie. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we had a uh, really. We, we we were still dumb, new. Dumb topic. Still new. Yeah. It was a uh, that was our lowest attended show. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, it's, for good it's reason. Been, uh, yeah, it was a strange thing. But we're tying into the David Lynch one this time. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. We've got a uh, David Lynch fan in Ron Gallo. Indeed, uh, uh, from Toy Soldiers. Yes. We have a uh, local uh, hot rapper. <laughs> Joe Bell, mm-hmm. and then we have Satoyo, who I have a feeling is going to pull just a ton of David Lynch knowledge I didn't expect him to have out of his ass. I can see that. Do some stuff. Yeah, you know, he'll definitely have done some research. Yeah, uh, I my uh, all my David Lynch experience starts with Ron Gallo, uh, oh, right who's on. a great musician. I recommend people look him up online before mm-hmm. coming to see the show. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I am excited because uh, as we like to do on Movie Movie today, we talk in French fries. We talk uh, in French fries. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, we are talking a movie that I had never seen before today mm-hmm. that I believe is a real classic from your own childhood. It is a staple from my childhood. Fuck the Goonies. We're talking about, you want to say it? You can do it, my <laughs> the friend. The Monster Squad. That's right. The Fred Decker. Uh, Fred Decker, I believe his second film that he co-wrote with my main man, Shane Black. Yes. And uh, it is a kid's movie about a Town about to be attacked by facsimiles of the Universal Monsters. Indeed. And the Monster Squad is a crack team of children that have a monster club, which is upgraded to Monster Squad as the last line of defense against Dracula and his cronies. Yes. It is uh it sounds crazy. It is crazy, it is. but it is really its own thing. It's kind of a it's, time and place and it works. It's really fun. Uh mm-hmm. this is one of those movies where I think uh you know you gotta come to it on the terms that it comes to you on, right? Absolutely. Uh and in doing so it's uh, a lot of fun. Uh we we were talking about how the Goonies is something that uh, we both didn't really grow up with as much as I think I saw it once as a kid, and I remember enjoying it. And then I yeah, saw I think it again. I saw it on TNT a lot as a kid, but yeah. really wasn't. I didn't sit down with it until I was older. Yeah, and so it didn't. It didn't bewitch me the mm-hmm. way that you know Temple of Doom did as a kid. Yeah, and I have seen Goonies in recent enough years to know that I don't think that one holds up overall. I don't think it's a very good movie. Yeah, uh, this I didn't see as a kid, so I have no nostalgia for it. And I had a great fucking time watching it today. I have nothing but nostalgia yeah. for it. But, I mean, let's go back. Fred Decker is where it's at. Uh, sure, go ahead. Uh, a Hit little story about Fred Decker. Fred Decker has made three movies ever, and they are the classic body horror alien invasion uh, uh, worm... Uh, <laughs> what are they called? Uh, the, it's like a worm virus <laughs> pathogen zombie thing. All mashed up, Night of the Creeps. Oh, yes. I yes. believe the tagline for the movie is The good news is your dates are here. The bad news is they're dead. <laughs> oh, so good. Uh, he followed that up, or maybe 
I, I forget what, the, what was first, but Monst- the Monster Squad. Yep. The, uh, yep. And then uh, closed out his illustrious career with a little movie called RoboCop 3, straight the one where RoboCop has a jetpack. Straight to director jail. Straight to director jail. Uh, first off, they fucked up RoboCop 3 in a couple ways. One, they tried to make it about uh, make it a kid's thing because mm-hmm. at that point there was a Rambo cartoon on TV. Ah. You know? And uh, they killed off, uh, that's not Karen Allen, the other Allen. Nancy Allen. Nancy they kill Allen. off Nancy mm-hmm. Allen. Robocop's main squeeze. Yep, yep. No good. No. No good. Is that like how the movie opens? Is that what sets she dies off the pretty plot early. line? I, I forget what sets it off. It's yeah, a yeah. stupid movie. Yeah. Well, you um, said it's like a kid's entry into it, sort yes. of. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely rated PG. I think it is, once again, co-written by Frank Miller. Oh, I cannot confirm, but I will work on that. Yeah. But uh, either way, one of the things about Fred Decker is he's always just been a very strong director. Yeah. He's made these fun movies that are outside of RoboCop, mm-hmm. kind of untouched by other hands, it seems. Yeah. They're just very unique. Uh, I really love Night of the Creeps, really love the Monster Squad. It's on my list. And it's kind of for a broad audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are adult men, yeah. and Monster Squad, even you know, just to present it as itself, is certainly passable entertainment. Sure, sure, sure. As a kid, I turned it off because I was terrified of it. Oh, you know? I could totally and see so being scared of this it's as a fun. kid. But also, you know, when a little kid kicks Wolfman in the nards and proudly pro- pro- proclaims that Wolfman does indeed have nards, uh-huh. you love it. it yeah, it's so good. It's fun. Uh, it also does have something because Shane Black, you know, has written some great uh, adult movies, you know, like Predator and things like that, uh, where, uh, you know, you have this buddy cop dynamic from his own series, the uh, the Lethal Weapon series, mm-hmm. transported into this world so that <laughs> if I was a dad in the 80s bringing my son to see Monster Squad, there's like a little humor in there specifically Absolutely. for me, you know? There's teenage kids, there's young kids, yep. there's a damn near toddler, Yep, yep. and I will confirm RoboCop 3 is written by Frank Miller Frank and Miller. Fred Decker together. Frank Miller, I swear he he's Freddy Krueger. Supposedly his RoboCop 2 script is actually very good, and uh, I believe there's a graphic novel based on it that's very good. I like RoboCop 2 well enough. Yeah. I mean, of course, you're in the shadow of a masterpiece, but yeah, I'd yeah. certainly buy it for a dollar, right? Oh, <laughs> Apparently it was chopped up a lot for, mm-hmm. uh, for for the actual you know movie that got made. It still but. manages to be like two and a half fuck- fucking hours long. Ugh. It's insane. I've never seen it. I've only seen the first one. D- same director as uh, Empire Strikes Back. Oh, uh, Irvin Kirshner. Irvin Kirshner. No shit. Yep. So, you know, there's some value there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no Verhoeven Robocop, but no, Monster Squad. No, that movie's Squad. great. Yeah, sorry. Squad, no, it's all good. Yeah. A couple recognizable faces in Monster yes. Squad. I don't know their names, but nope. there are a few recognizable faces. One of them, uh, the most recognizable is the Wolfman, is oh, yeah. played by Uncle Rico Uncle from Rico. Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah. Uh, also of Get Shorty fame and oh, right. uh, other stuff. He, uh, I'll look up his name. I totally forgot that he's in Get Shorty, mm-hmm. uh, which is a fucking great movie that I finally saw this year for the first time. Um yeah, and there's, uh, you know, uh, both of the cops were very recognizable to me. We figured out that one of them uh, is from Rocky. Uh, I don't quite remember him in Rocky, necessarily, uh, but uh, that's got to be why I recognize him. You know, there wasn't really anything else on his IMDb. Uncle Rico is John Grease. John Grease. It's G-R-I-E-S, so it could be Grise, Grease, Grice. I feel like Grease is probably... Grease is what works, yeah. it doesn't sound like, you know, Grease. <laughs> Uh, and uh, he was actually well. You know what? Let's jump to John Grease really quick because we had a, a fun little conversation about him. How they did this? I thought a really fun, smart thing, which was he plays the Wolfman essentially, the Wolfman surrogate. Mm-hmm. And the idea is that uh, he's afraid of himself when he turns into a werewolf. Right? He doesn't want to hurt anybody. He doesn't want to become the werewolf. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to turn himself in the beginning of the movie to police. And he's like, "Please, please, please, put me away for the night. I'm going to turn into a werewolf. You got to lock me up to keep everybody safe." 
And then there's a great moment where he gets turned back into a human against his own will uh, and starts trying to, like, stay a human, mm-hmm. you know? Dracula's trying to turn him back into the Wolfman, and he's, like, hiding those pills to try and stay a human. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the the idea that he's a sympathetic character at the heart of well, this. That comes, uh, that's a, a large part of Wolfman. Even in Lon Chaney's Wolfman, the big thing was... Just, like get away from me why right. you wouldn't believe me if i told you right. get away you right. know? and that is in a weird way that is kind of a, a horrifying thing yeah um even when you think in the 30s okay you've got your frankenstein which mm-hmm. is just that's a monster it's scary you mm-hmm. know you've got your invisible man where the horror comes from how do i get uninvisible yeah. not you know is the invisible man watching yeah. me but uh you know for wolfman it's always what what dark things am I capable yeah. of and who can I unexpectedly hurt when those dark things me. come out? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that's the the primal thing that, that Wolfman plays upon. And so they use that here too. They do. Really and it's good effect. really effective here. <laughs> you know? Like when they blow the, spoiler, when they blow the Wolfman up, I was like, oh, they killed that guy? I yeah. was like, I was like upset by it. I was like, oh no, he's the one I wanted to like survive. Oh, yeah. and I want Dracula to fuck off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then of course they had a really fun moment there where there's this great conversation at the beginning of the movie, very Scream esque. Although I guess Scream would be Monster Squad esque oh, yeah. in that sense, uh, where they are talking about the rules of monsters from monster movies, mm-hmm. and they say name two ways to kill the Wolfman. Uh, and they say silver bullets, and then the the kid that they're interviewing is like, what's the other way? And they're all like, oh, there's a second way. And he's like, well, what is it? And they're like. Uh, uh, crash a car into him. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. They have no idea. And so then at the end, they blow him up, and you're like, "Oh, that's the second way." No, it's not. Nope. Got to be a silver bullet. There is no second way. And then another thing that is key to all forms of Wolfman, and sometimes is the uh, the thing upon which a Wolfman movie hinges much of the time for me is. How good's that transformation? Yeah. Now it'll never. The best one ever was uh, uh, American, American Werewolf, Werewolf in London. London. I knew that'll never say that. be beat. It's great. Also, Stan Winston. Yes. Um, so this is a Stan Winston yep. creature effects thing. But the wolf tra- transformation here aren't as explicitly gruesome it's because very it is for kids. But it's a creative way to make it gruesome yeah. without actually showing it. It's like three. It's basically three takes where mm. the costume is evolving in each take, mm-hmm. but the camera is panning down the mm. body very tightly, and the the cuts are hidden as shadows go by. Mm-hmm. And so every time a shadow goes by, we cut to another take where there's more costuming, mm-hmm. uh, and it's brief. It's well, quick, they even did it and when they works. passed through. Uh, he was in a phone booth, yep. and it shows from one side of the phone booth, yes. and then as it pans to the other pane of glass there's a divider yep and when we go through the divider just further makeup Boom. and it's unsettling yeah. it actually it does work that's uh that uh, you know that's one of the things that i still for, has nards yeah <laughs> yes one of the things that makes this a movie movie for me is that kind of attention paid because shane black is such a, a smart writer i think especially mm. of movies he like he just gets what a movie is that it's not a real world it's like a totally fictional mm-hmm. universe so give it rules play by those rules fulfill those rules then break those rules you know he does all those things in really fun ways so you've got these things like this innocuous conversation in the beginning about the rules of the wolfman that then oh, plays yeah. into the plot in the finale of the movie that's great writing that oh, is yeah. fun uh, we like these self-contained universes you know I think that they are fun and self-fulfilling uh, in a way that uh, really works you know mm-hmm. well uh, I mean it is it, and almost literally at one point it becomes a funhouse yeah you know and it's one of those movies where if you really think about it like I don't think any of the kids have any sort of arc Mm-mm. you know they just are being kids the whole time the closest you know, nobody thing has an, I mean the family thing is that an arc say, and even the that is more just a, a template filler yeah. But that's all it is. It's just a series of well-earned 
developments of, yeah. of just, oh, look at that. We got flying bats. We've got yeah. this. And it, they use a lot of classic things. Um, a lot of times in the old 1930s Dracula movies, you can't really show Dracula uh, transforming into a bat because right. we don't have that technology. Right. But you could show his shadow transforming into yep. a bat and just, you know, rotoscope it over if mm-hmm. that's the proper term and boom, his shadow does it. And they use that and it's still effective. Yeah. Um, it, if they're going to reboot the Universal Monsters, which is what I believe dracula untold was the first yeah, step that, to I, I think they retroactively um, decided it was the first probably step to that. Yeah. and i think they probably retroactively redecided to let's start fresh again because yeah. you know we've had van helsing we yeah. had actually the the joe johnston uh benicio del toro wolfman. wolfman is actually pretty worth watching yeah yeah if not emily blunt as well oh um anthony hopkins yeah it's pretty cool it's yeah. not great yeah. it was uh joe johnston has a knack for directing movies for with unfinished scripts uh-huh. and doing the lord's work you know uh-huh. making them into something coherent and yeah. that's a great example of that but uh if we're going to reboot the uh you know the universal series i don't like the idea of modernizing it and doing a dracula untold i like the idea of using kind of the old style which the benicio del toro wolfman does do it's like a period but i think it's it's like a period piece but a lot of the effects are done in a neat old school kind of way and more in camera more in camera and just it's it's got to be cheaper, but it's yeah. got to be scary. And you could show a kid Dracula, Bela Lugosi's Dracula, yeah, and they're yeah. gonna get freaked out. But there's nothing inappropriate. Right. And I think that Monster Squad really captures that essence oh, yeah. of of it. It's it is a love letter to those movies. Yeah. Because it recreates them in a certain way, but oh, yeah. it turns them into an explicit kids movie as yeah. opposed to kids would be able to handle it. Right. Uh, and it's we talked about this too. This is just one of those great things. Is it's a uh, kids movie from the '80s. Which to me is like the height of kids' movies because mm-hmm. kids were still allowed to be kids in these movies. Absolutely, they he calls s- his little sister a bitch. Yeah, they swear at three. each other. <laughs> they yeah, exactly. And then she swears at them at one point. Oh yeah, and uh, it's great. It's yeah, adorable. It's adorable, and it's like that is how little kids act. That's how I was. Mm-hmm. You don't do it around parents, but you just with your friends. You when you have your monster club. You, yep, yep, yep. That's where you test the waters for what language you can say and how you can craft it and be funny with it and all those kinds of things. I like watching kids do that. That is what my childhood experience was. The last great kids movie, at least in that respect, in my opinion, was like The Sandlot. Uh huh. Yeah. Because those kids acted like that. Yes. They were crude. They were little assholes, mm-hmm. but they were innocent little yep. assholes because yep. that's what we all are. Totally. And you don't often see that. Um, no, I was talking about know, uh, Cop Car this year has that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the eight-year-old boys, I think, legitimately uh, act like eight-year-old boys. I mean, you boys. don't often see it in kids' movies. You don't. You know, so that's you know, the like, thing. Cop the Car is not, not kids a kids' movies. movie. Mm. Uh, yeah, no, you don't anymore. I, I uh, You know, I maybe drill bit Taylor a little bit, but even I'm there, not, the I'm kids are a little that. older than they are here. But yeah, you don't, you don't, you know, because these movies would be rated PG-13 now is the mm-hmm. reality. Uh, and that's why you don't get kids' movies. I, I bet it does. I bet this was a PG rating. I'm going to look up Temple of Doom. Uh, because they, they, I'm pretty sure they say shit a couple times in this. Actually, this comes after the uh, PG-13 rating, because Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, for which yep. it was invented, was 84. The Monster Squad is 87. Um, but I let's still see. think that rating was harder to get at the time. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I think it, it had to be a little bit more specific. I wonder if maybe it is PG-13. That's, I'd be curious, actually. Because uh, I guess, actually, at the time, I could see a studio greenlighting a PG-13 kids movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, wow, that, it, it came out the day before I turned three. <laughs> uh, that means it would have either been shortly before or shortly after I was born, sir. Wow. That is the year I came to this planet. <laughs> from? <laughs> from uh, my mother's from spaceship limbo. pussy. 
Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> right on. Going big. Um, I cannot find what this is rated. Um, I, I got to imagine it's PG. I really do. It is PG-13. No shit. There you go. Uh, some shit. <laughs> yes, um, yes. PG-13, uh, but at the same time, I, I think it it's still... You know, that was a new thing, so yeah. it wasn't quite I was well going to say, I don't think a studio would have uh, batted an eye necessarily mm. at a PG-13 kids movie. Exactly. Yeah. This is, and, and honestly, I think when I was a little kid, I probably first saw this when I was like seven or eight, and yeah. it was very scary, and yeah. I couldn't handle it. By the time I was 13, I watched it all the time because it was just, it, it spoke to me, you know? And think about it, only three years before they invented PG-13 for a kids movie, mm-hmm. and it was huge, you know? Mm-hmm. So they probably didn't assume that it was going to uh, uh, hurt box office. Oh, no, anyway, and I don't think movie. it did. This was not no. a major movie. Right, right. I don't really know. Actually, I'd be curious to check out the box office. Oh, yeah, that is curious. I'd be curious to know the budget, too, because it, it seems like it could have been made cheap, but also, like, you know, there's quite a few monster effects in it and stuff. There's there's probably some kind of budget here. Um it, uh, but yeah, I, I love that they're kids. Now, uh, I will say that, that also we get into some of the that weird territory of the '80s where like the kids are dropping uh, uh, like slurs against uh, uh, homosexuals and things like that, which is like a little weird to hear today. But still, always, you know, the thing is, these movies that happens in school. Also, these movies get it right. That's the thing. A lot mm. of times they do. Like in this movie, it's the mean kid that's calling the fat kid the f word. Right, mm-hmm. uh, so it's like you're still getting. There's, there's a character largely referred to even by kid. his friends as Fat Kid. Yeah, and that's not something you would do. You would now. not hear that today. But the thing is, what's cool about it is that his character ends up actually being more than like it, yes. it earns its use of yes. Fat Kid. His name is Horace. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, loads that shotgun. Uh, but y- you know what I'm saying, though, right? It's like, yes, sure, okay. So you've got kids y- using that slur. However, you've got the mean kid using that slur to be mean to another kid. Yeah, yeah. That would be the uh, again. It's not an appro- The word is not appropriate to use, but it is an appropriate depiction uh, of the wrong kind of person using the wrong word the wrong way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's his character. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. not. It's not saying that his usage and is it helps proper. us understand it's how mean he's he a bully. Is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. And uh, it earns his his thing later when yes. he gets impressed by Fat Kid. Exactly. And Fat Kid tells him his, his name is Horace. But it's a. Uh, uh, in regards to the PG-13 rating, I think that this was early enough in the existence of it that it's not something that we really understood the box office effects right, of right. it. Um, now there is a thing where you can turn in a script and say, this is it, it's R, and they go, ah, let's make it PG-13. Oh, yeah. Like, if Monster Squad were made now, two things I would see happening is, one, they'd say, ah, VOD, you know, mm, do that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, or they'd be mm-hmm. like, can you cut this down to something a little more PG? Mm-hmm. I don't think it would sit in the PG-13 rating. No. Because I don't think there'd be a way to really market it. There wouldn't be. If, if they went PG-13 with it, the kids would become teenagers. That's yeah, what happens. Yeah. That's what we talked about. Is like, oh, the, you know. Well, PG-13 horror movies now are things like Ouija, yep. you know, and yep. things like that. The You know, well, which some are good. You know, the, the Conjuring right. is one of the best oh, horror movies out there. Man, did I like and that. And that is PG-13. Yeah. But, you know, there's also just a million J-horror remakes. Totally. And, you know, totally. just anything like that yeah. where that that's what kids want to see. Mm-hmm. Kids don't want fun horror like that I really know. so much. It's like the sense, of, like this never gets scary. I would say if I was a young enough kid, mm. uh, there are quite a few sequences that would probably scare me. It's scary um, imagery, but it's yeah, scary. But it's all for fun. And, it's, and it's funny, you know? 
and you don't get that in horror anymore unless it's like a really hard R, like we're be we're trying to be really crazy and funny, mm-hmm. you know? It's never just funny because it can be funny, you know? Well, uh, it's like, we'll, we'll get a Cabin in the Woods kind of thing, yeah. or Shaun of the Dead, where it's a bit of a commentary. Right, right. Which, in a way, I think the Monster Squad, not necessarily a commentary, but it is an homage oh, to yeah, the, that's what the I universal thing. Yeah. So it, it does... But in the same way that a, that a Shaun of the Dead uses mm-hmm. items of it and earns its keep as a movie of the genre, I think the Monster Squad does do that, I albeit in a different way. That's why it lives on. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean? I think that's why this movie is still something you hear people talk about. It's like, oh, I like, oh, I can't wait to see Monster Squad again this mm-hmm. Halloween or whatever. Because it actually works as a movie within the genre, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, even though it's also, you know, it's like, uh, it's got a last action hero feel to me a absolutely. little bit, you know? Uh, it, it is a commentary on, on monster movies in the genre of horror for kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's fun. I don't know. I, I love that. I mean, think about when I was growing up, Disney Channel had horror movies. Mm-hmm. There were horror movies for kids. They were way more light than this. You know oh, what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. This is this has 13 Dead End Drive yeah, or something like that. This has 666 m- Shadow Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> this has more of an adult tone to it. But to me, that's the thing that as an 80s child myself, I liked. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see a movie that I knew was for me. But it was like a little edgy. You know, like it had like a little bit of an edge to it. It was like, oh, these kids are swearing. I, I'm familiar with this oh, territory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mom and dad don't know, but I know about this. When I was this. a little kid and I, I needed it turned off because it was making me cry because I was so scared, yeah. I do remember feeling upset because I remember my dad being disappointed that we weren't going to watch it. Right. Because I think he thought... He found the perfect movie that perfect we could for me both and my enjoy boy. together. Yeah. You know? And eventually it did become yep. that. I was perhaps a little bit too young. Yeah. I was a little pussy growing up, too. E.T. Um, was that way for me and my yeah, family. E. They tried the to show me E.T. Me. It yep. scared the shit out of me. I knew they were disappointed because I thought it was a good family one. Mm-hmm. But eventually, you know, it does. You, you it, gr- it grows on it. Yeah. But, I mean, Monster Squad is the perfect movie, too, you know, where it's like, I'm not going to fucking show you Halloween, which right. my dad also did very <laughs> smart, <laughs> when I was older. Yes, um, yes. You know, he knows what he's doing. He knows his way around some movies. He doesn't see a lot of them but the three he likes are great <laughs> yeah um goodfellas all the way uh-huh. <laughs> and so uh what you got to see yes. and uh yeah, it's just I, I remember that moment being like wow he really wants to watch this movie yeah. and as an adult now i yeah I'd, I'd love to share that with a younger kid and you, you know i would show it to my niece she'd probably love it she's 10 i was just thinking that what's interesting about this now is like so i didn't see this as a kid and i, I found myself as i was watching it going like man i wish i had seen this as a kid this seems like it would be a good movie to grow up with to be mm-hmm. part of my childhood well, that's the that's actually a really good reason for adults to still take a look at some of the better kids movies that have been made because it's like I might have kids one day and this might be a good thing to share with oh, them yeah. together. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I want I I would love to have already a bevy of quality like oh that's a fucking that's a kids movie that I like mm-hmm. that I feel like I could watch with my own kid. Uh, that's uh, in its own way a a a good quality uh, for the movie to have, I think. You know what I mean? It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't think we often think about things like that, like the context for a movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I I feel like this movie sits really, really nicely if you think about it in that context. I think most kids' movies now... uh, Now, this is a broad generalization, so it's probably unfair. I don't see a lot of kids' movies. That's true, yeah. But I feel like when I see something that's outside of Pixar, Mm -hmm. my immediate thing is like, oh, this is going to be a little bit lower than me, you know? And Which, some of it is, but I think a lot of it comes out of the marketing. Yep. You know, kids fucking love Minions. Oh, my God. But I can't imagine there's much going on there. I'm sure there's some throwaway jokes that are good, but... I feel like Brian Lynch might have wrote that movie, so it probably has a joke or two that we'd be like, yay! But regardless, it's it's not something like an Inside Out, where where you go, there's an 
actual movie going yeah. on here, and that's and that's fine. Yeah. You know, but yeah. with something like Monster Squad, I think it does fit both of those things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not trying to be a head trip like something like Inside Out, right. but it is. You know, it's not just empty, shiny kids entertainment. Right. In fact, as a as a little kid, I used to. Uh, I loved, my dad would tape for me on Fox late at night. They would show cut down episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Oh, yeah. Like syndicated from mm-hmm. HBO. And I loved them. And this is, to me, tonally yeah. and visually similar to a Foxified version of, not Foxified, like made sexy <laughs> like a fox. Like it was played on, it was HBO's Tales from, Tales from the Crypt is syndicated on Fox. I, I remember it until this. I was older that I watched them, you know, in HBO uh-huh. format. But it was that kind of thing where it's it's more. It kind of reminded me of something like the more recent movie Trick or Treat. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, where it's it's a Halloween movie. Totally. Interestingly enough, one of Fred Decker's other credits is he did an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Oh no shit! Perfect fit. I can yeah, see why absolutely. that would be there. But I think it's just of that. It feels like a campfire tale in yeah. some way. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree with you, and it, uh, it definitely has that. Uh, it's funny that it doesn't take place on Halloween, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it feels like it would sit uh, like very nicely within that just sort of like, not even just horror movie, but specifically like Halloween movie, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, I guess just with the kids running around suburbs, that's kind of, well, you know. The mummy walking down the street. Yeah. I imagine there'd be a good gag of just like, yeah, that kid's got a good costume. Yep. But at the I same actually, time, I could see that being avoided you know, totally. in a smart way. I did actually think when uh, they gave Frankenstein the Frankenstein Halloween mask, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I thought that there was going to be a joke where they have the Frankenstein monster put the Frankenstein Halloween mask on uh, so that they could br- well so that they could bring him out in public and <laughs> yeah. people would think it was all a costume. That would be really funny. I that's thought that's hilarious. what that was building to. That's funny. So yeah. I had it in my head like he'd wear it and then people would be like, you know, oh it's just a guy in a costume and yeah. you'd pull it off. Ah! Yeah, yeah. Which uh BT dubs you referenced Last Action Hero. Yes. Frankenstein is the ripper from Last Action Hero. Tom Noonan. Tom Noonan, the man. Yep. The myth. <laughs> the Noonan. He I was I was telling you he apparently is uh, has a great part in Anomalisa, which mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see when that uh, when that gets oh, our way. Love me some Charlie Kaufman. Yeah. It's supposed to be great, mm. uh, and I, d- I do like me some Tom Noonan. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's one of the best parts of uh, House of the Devil, which we end up talking about oh, more yeah, often than for, for some House reason. But uh, yeah, it's yeah. something about that movie. Yeah, yeah. He's uh, got my favorite line in Last Action Hero well, when he's getting shocked to death and he's just screaming, "I'll be back!" <laughs> Terrifying. Yeah. It's like really unsettling <laughs> in some crazy way. Love it. Yeah, he he actually he was fun in this movie to the point where when uh, him and that little girl are parting ways into the uh, into the abyss, uh, into limbo, into limbo. Will. I was uh, boy that that pulled at my heartstrings a little it. bit. Yeah, when I was old enough to not find the movie scary, yeah. I always hated that part because that was when I found the movie sad. Yeah, <laughs> so ugh. yeah, and he learns a couple catchphrases as Frankenstein. Yes. Uh, uh, bogus, <laughs> and um, I believe the other one was "Give me a break." <laughs> yeah, which is awesome. Bogus. Man. He didn't learn friend. That's true. For, I was I was thinking that was. He said be. it with his eyes. Yeah. His noon and eyes. Uh, but uh, that little girl was great. Mm-hmm. She was really great. I thought she was very funny. She totally like. She, uh, it's always interesting to me when you see a child actor like quote unquote get the part. Yeah. And oh, get yeah. the movie and get the tone. And I'm always curious how much that's actually the kid getting the tone or how or if that just means like Fred Deckard is actually a great director of yeah, children yeah, yeah. who knows how to get that performance well, out of the kid. And also how much of it is just us being like 
Oh, uh, that's true. <laughs> you know, totally lot, true. But I think she was good. She was really good. Yeah. She seemed to to have a handle on what this movie was I about. Think all of the kids really did. Oh, totally. Each and every kid was. I really like well that done. lead kid, man. Yeah, uh, he was Andre good. Gower, I think I saw his name was, which is very funny because there's now a, a I think a pretty famous actor named Andre Brower. Right? Andre Brower. He was uh, in the mist. Yeah. He was the one that did not believe that there was creatures in the right. mist and walked out. Into yeah, the, uh, I think the kid's name was Andre Gower or something similar to that. It is Andre Gower. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was great. I really, really liked him. I thought he... You know why I liked him, though? I was thinking about this, that he's a great surrogate for an 80s kid, right? I was a nerd when I grew up. I was not a jock, and this kid reminded me of me, but he also, I feel like if I was a jock, might have reminded me of me. Oh, yeah, Does that make sense? Absolutely. He's like a really good surrogate for an 80s kid. They never made him one specific thing. He's sort of analogous to a lot of different kinds of 80s kids. I actually wish that there's an adult actor that that kid looks just like oh, really? as an adult, but I mean in kid form. <laughs> yeah. But I cannot. I'll, I'll think of him and I'll, I'll pull up his picture and we'll we'll be able to do it. But I I can't think of it off the yeah. top of my head. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I just I th- I really liked him. I thought he was like a just a very good casting choice and and made sense to lead this movie because it would be very easy to uh make the kids at the heart of this like super geeky and nerdy since they're monster movie fans. Mm-hmm. But it never really takes that route with it. I don't think. Fat Kid ends up being the nerdy one, you know, as opposed to they're all nerdy. I wonder what Fat Kid's up to now. That's true. His name is Brent Chalum. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit, he's dead. Uh, literally, I was about to make a joke that if you were in a movie at that age and they called you Fat Kid the whole time, you probably uh, might have killed yourself. He was... Um, so I'm glad I didn't, since well, it turns wait, out well, he's let's dead. Well, wait, let's see what he died. Oh, this, is, this took a dark turn. Yep. Uh, he was in Dance Till Dawn and Quantum Leap. So he died in 1997 at age 22... Ooh, pneumonia. Seriously? Yeah, he got that Bernie Mac special. Damn. That's oh, crazy. That's really sad. That's very sad. Wow. Especially since it sounds like he had a little bit of a movie career outside of this. Yeah, it says he appeared in TV roles in Quantum Leap and Dance Till Dawn. Yeah. His career as an adult never took off after the 80s, and he began to study law while working for a legal firm in the U.S. Oh, interesting. And then he died of pneumonia. Oh, that's really a shame. That's very sad. Uh, unfortunate for Fat Kid. Yeah, poor Fat Kid. Uh, hey, his name is what was his name? Horace. 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 <laughs> wow. I want to see what Eugene's up to. Little Eugene. Oh. <gasps> Wait dead a too? minute. Are the are all these kids dead? No, no, no. He's not. He's not dead. But he is in blank check. Oh! I'm just trying to figure out who he is. Who is he in blank check? I, I mean, just, just a kid at his big party that he has at the end. His name is Ralph Waters in the movie, but uh, he doesn't even know. have a that picture. Doesn't mean anything to me. <gasps> he's in Suburban Commando. I bet he's the lead kid. We got to talk about his dog once we're done talking about Eugene. Oh, Petey. Well, I mean, Eugene, he's not really in anything. He didn't do, but his his most recent credit is Blank Check. Oh, great. Good for you, Gene. Good for you, Gene. I do love the uh, just the non-logic and the way they never even attempt to put logic on the army showing up at the end oh, after yeah. they received a letter written in crayon. Yeah, from Eugene. Yeah. But, you know, though, at the same time, it fits in the world. There's oh, totally monsters does. everywhere totally flying does. into limbo. Yep. yep. Oh, I love oh, it. There were two men flying a plane in the beginning of the movie yep. that said, hey, we're flying a plane with dead bodies in the back. That makes you uncomfortable, <laughs> right? Nah. <laughs> well, I love the uh, I love the the exchange they have, if you remember. It's, it's actually, I believe, to be Shane Black-inspired. Oh, Sure. One guy's just like, yeah, this kind of sucks just driving around a bunch of stiffs in the back of my plane. Yep. And the guy's like, well, at least they don't get motion sickness or ask for more of those. I believe he refers to them as almond thingies. Yeah, yeah. You mean peanuts? Yeah. They're like, yeah, they don't do that. And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right. And yeah. then he's like super happy. Yep. 
Um, I was very glad that, that was both of funny. them survived. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was a really cool scene, though, too, oh. when he first meets up with Dracula. That was actually plane. one of my favorite things the that little, they did was the 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 you know the drop of the the Frankenstein monster box, and then Superman, uh, uh fucking Man of Steel style. He's just Dracula's oh, yeah. just floating just there. Floating. Yeah, 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 yeah. That is the Man of Steel yep, thing. That's yep. my favorite part of Man of Steel. <laughs> yeah, yep. Oh, you want to hear something uh, geeky? Like, yeah, I I've grown to like really love Man of uh-huh. Steel. I like, know, it's, I know. It's very. I was listening to just the score at oh, work the yeah, other day. Yeah, it's excellent. Oh, really? And uh, I mean, whether whatever you feel sure, about yeah, the movie, yeah. that is a great score. Cool. Especially living in the shadow of the iconic John Williams score. Sure, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I feel a little little inspired. It's Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yeah, that makes sense. He yeah. he works with those guys. Well, I mean, he did all the Batman. Yeah, Nolan he works with Nolan one, and so Snyder. It's, and, it's in yeah, there. Yeah, yep. It was fucking uh, good. Yeah, he's uh, he's basically like Warner Brothers composer now. Yeah, pretty, <laughs> pretty much. You know what I mean? That's what he does. Yeah, but. Yeah, I uh, I thought that moment was like one of the best moments in the movie. Actually, that was like mm. just a cool, mo- you know, like image. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like that was uh, actually. There's a lot of like neat effects in this. I, I I thought especially the first time that that void opened up uh, was oh, pretty so cool. cool looking. It's very Evil Dead like. Yeah, it was very much evil. And one of the things that I was very impressed by the void at the end. They they stepped up their game a little bit where things that were clearly yes. shot separately were getting sucked into the void, which is, of course, imposed on mm-hmm, the screen. Mm-hmm. And it was a pretty smooth transition from a practical truck yep. to the one falling into the void. Absolutely. I'm talking with my hands a lot. I'm sorry, people at home <laughs> listening, but... Uh, that's uh, just the way it is. And I mean, if we're going to talk about that void opening up at the end, we got to talk about the heaviest bench in the world. Oh, yes. That saves a little girl's life. I like to believe it was bolted down. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that didn't seem to prevent the lamppost from coming out of the ground and into Mm-mm. the void, but it held the bench in place. Well, and uh, Rudy melts down silver, yes. silverware, yeah, and turns yep. it into bullets that don't have any sort of explosive charge. Nah. But because we're kids and we don't understand how guns work, we know that a bullet and a gun will shoot. Yes. Perfect. Amazing. It's beautiful. Uh, that was actually, that was awesome. There's a, a great, uh, every 80s movie has it. It's the preparation montage mm-hmm. uh, where there's just a great 80s song and they are preparing oh, all of their weapons. How did it go? I don't remember. The get your rock on. Yeah. Tonight to the roller rink, baby, baby. Yep. And Who's there, up? Yep, <laughs> there was just lots of horns. <laughs> <laughs> well, just like bleep, bleep, bleep. All that fun stuff. (laughs) I really, I I imagine that the song was being sung by a guy that was wearing those sunglasses that don't have lenses, but it's like, they're like Venetian blinds kind of. Yeah, yeah. I I believe that is what he was wearing (laughs) while recording that song. Just conjecture, but that would be my assumption. It's that type of music. I thought Rudy was a cool fucking character, by the way. I don't know that I've ever seen this idea. I guess maybe I have in something else, but the idea that like the way they introduce Rudy is fat kid is getting bullied by mm-hmm. jocks, right? And so you assume, like, oh, these are the bullies. They're mm-hmm. the top of the food chain at this school. And then fucking Rudy pulls up on his bike, and it turns out Rudy's the top of the top of the food chain because mm-hmm. these bullies are immediately afraid of him. But Rudy's not a bully. he cigarettes on the, right. on the schoolyard. He's just the older kid, right? Yeah, so yeah. it's like, so I guess I have seen that and he's before. he's fucking cool. Yeah, he's yeah. He's designed to look like an early Tom Cruise role. Yeah. He's like... That type of thing. I, I had, ne- I, I guess, I have seen that before. But what I like, what they did with this was the older kid is actually interested in these. In not, they're not nerds, but like these, you know, these younger kids. Mostly because he's like has the hots for one of their sisters, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but I like this idea that he gets, in, you know, he saves one of them and then gets involved mm-hmm. with them because he's just like, fuck these douches. Like yeah, these guys, guy. they're so stupid. Yeah, yeah. I like that. There. I don't know. I liked that. I thought that was cool. I think it was. I mean, it's. It, He's like, I mean, being a kid's movie, yeah. there is a, sh- a small lesson there where it's like, hey, 
you might there might be a bully out there, but he is far from the judge, jury, and executioner. Right. You know, there are bigger things to worry about, even if it just comes in the form of a nicer person. But yeah. you know, also it's, uh, Rudy looks like the cool kid. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? He looks like the rebel. But he like there's a weird lesson in that he saves those kids right away in the beginning because it's like no, he's actually a cool kid. Yeah, like yeah. he's actually cool. And, uh, he, and he's he's kind of an outcast in his own yeah, right, you yeah. know. So I think he understands at least that, but he's just too cool for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm curious as to what Rudy's up to. Uh, that's a good question. Actually, I hope he's still alive. I uh, yeah, man. It, I I thought you were about to tell me that all these kids were dead, and it turns out this is like a cursed movie that uh, nobody talks about. Well, I mean, people talk about it all the time, but not as like a, a cursed movie, a la Poltergeist. Uh, a lot of people in Poltergeist. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. Um, Rudy. Ryan Lambert. You want to take a look? He's 44 now. There he is. Whoa. There's Rudy. Hey. He looks like somebody's uncle. Yeah. He was in Monster Squad. Oh, he was on Kids Incorporated. Oh, cool. His most recent credit was Breaking the Something. Breaking the Voice, an eight-minute short. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then he- before that, 1993, he was on Freeze Frame with Shannon Doherty. Okay. So n- and before that was 1986 on It's Gary Shandling's Show, <laughs> which is something that I never knew existed, and now I must see every episode yep. of. <laughs> oh, man. It's Gary Shandling's Show. Look at that. That's amazing. The complete first season, and there's four seasons. So wow. There you go. That's awesome. Oh, he was on Webster. Oh, cool. Oh man! But so this is all pre-Monster Squad stuff at this point, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah so Monster Squad was a uh, pretty early. Didn't really launch any careers, huh? Nah, it's unfortunate. I mean, I Tom, Tom these... Noonan came out on top. I know, of I know. I thought all those kids were very good. I liked them all a lot. What about and Jurassic? how about the dog actor? Can we see what the dog actor went on uh, to do? Because he was Peter. a great fucking dog. That was a great dog. He licks an envelope. Uh, he he pulls a, a string. Uh, puts his paw into the uh, into the big uh, that is one of my hand pile. favorite things in the whole yeah. movie. They all put their hands in the center, and the last one to put it in is the dog. Yep. But you know, though, in a in a in a kid's movie, you want a dog. Oh, it's great. As a little kid, I always romanticized the idea of this is my dog. Yeah. This is my buddy. He is. Yeah. You know, he hangs out. He's one of us. Yeah. And they have that. Of course, uh-huh. they have that. It's great. Uh. I also love the neighborhood feel of this movie, right? They got the treehouse, and oh, yeah. all the kids just kind of show up at the treehouse when they please and leave the treehouse when they please. scary old German man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, who is great? I recognize that actor, too. His name is uh, Leonard Simino or Simino. Um, he died in 2012 at the age of 94. Damn, what a... Oh, man. Big bucket of win for that Dune. guy. Waterworld, yeah. Before the Devil Knows You're Dead, Moonstruck, uh, Made. I knew I recognized that, dude. Cradle Rock, he was on Law and Order. Yeah. Mantis. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, here's a movie with Sam Jackson. It's either called Mob Justice or Dead and Alive, The Race for Gus Ferris. <laughs> um, Hudson Hawk, The oh, Freshman. Man. Penn and Teller Get Killed. The, uh, yeah, I knew I recognized that, dude. Yeah, he's, he's in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, and he was very good in this. He was fun. And they even gave him a nice little story. Right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, Ed, that was... Uh, I, I th- well, spoiler. Yeah, We're just gonna go for it. Fuck it. He is the creepy old man yep. that lives in their town, yep. and uh, everybody's got one. Sean gets he inherits somehow uh, through I think just through a yard sale. Yeah, he gets Van Helsing's diary, what? which is mistaken as Van Halen's diary uh-huh. uh, by by, by Doctor Alucard. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert: Alucard backwards. <laughs> I'll let you figure it out. <laughs> and um, you'll need a mirror and like two brain cells if that. <laughs> 
but uh, and I've and I've gone and lost where I was going with this. So yes, he he finds this uh, this uh, Van Helsing's uh, journal, journal, and uh, it's in German. And the only yes, person they know who's German is Scary German scary guy. Old man. And Scary German guy helps him out with all of the problems. And he's a very nice guy who turns out to be really cool. And he kind but, of teaches the kids a lesson. And he totally. says, "Hey, you know, you probably thought I was a vampire, but." I have a reflection, so you know I'm not a vampire. And it was just his nice way of saying, like, hey, you know, you might think I'm a scary old man, but open your mind a little bit. Yeah. And they said, wow, you know, you know a lot about monsters. And he says, I think I know a lot about monsters. Close up on his uh, Holocaust tattoo yep. from when he was in a concentration camp. Yep. It's never brought up again, nope. but it does why he's an old German man yeah. and why he knows a little bit about monsters and yeah, is yeah. friendly to kids. It's yeah. a neat kind of world-building thing. And I'll tell you what. Uh, wha- You'd think it would be cheap, and it's not. Not cheap. Also, uh, why not do that? So at the, what the, the, the worst thing that's going to come of that is your son goes, Dad, what was that? And you yeah, go, yeah. oh, and you get to have a conversation about like the Holocaust was a scary thing that happened in history that we should all remember and talk about like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a bad thing. You know what I mean? That's like a nice little educational thing you to put see, in a kid's movie. The Nazis were a lot like Dracula's <laughs> in that <laughs> they could turn into bats. <laughs> it was crazy time. <laughs> A German goes up in and out. It, in know. and out. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I, I like that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm always a little bit uh, impressed when I see something like that in a kids' movie. You know, I think mm-hmm. that's that's good. You you, you want to throw something in there to start a little conversation with your kids. Absolutely, you know? it uh, was neat. It's a little bit. Of, uh, one thing smart. I think is very smart about this movie is that they do. They don't really have a chance to flesh out any of the characters no. because it's not really structurally. There's not much going on. The kids house. find out about the threat and then they end the threat. Yeah. That's you know that's there's really no pretty, like I said there's no character arcs. Pretty standard kid but movie adventure. They give you enough about the characters and yes. the way they interact that you just kind of get what's yeah. going on. Actually, in that way, I would compare it to something like Ghostbusters. Yeah, where it's just their interactions. You kind of get what's going on. Yep. You know, you don't know what's going on. Literally, but you get who they are. Yeah, 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 exactly. It's it's more about who are these kids than like what is their fucking day to day. They breakfast and then they blah 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 blah. Mm. You know, uh, we hardly see them in school. We hardly see them outside of the clubhouse and them on their little adventure. You know, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, that works for it. I don't know. It's just that's typical kids movie adventure, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, you give the you know they throw in the idea the the mom and dad are are having some marital problems. Uh, Dad is constantly smoking. Yeah, and the working. movie is brought to you by Marlboro Marlboro cigarettes. Yes, and Pepsi, and uh, and Burger King, and, Burger King. <laughs> and Greyhound buses, uh-huh. and Adidas. Yep, probably mostly Adidas. Oh man, that was so funny. <laughs> Everyone's got Adidas. We we were noticing how much product placement there was in the movie, and we were starting to point out like all the products that were coming on the screen. And it and it had been on the screen most of the movie, but we didn't realize it until we were having this conversation. The the main kid, Sean, is wearing an Adidas jacket. Yep. And I was like, oh, that's Adidas. And then all of a sudden, for no reason <laughs> at all, they're having a fight in like a warehouse like that's a just factory. full of Adidas sneakers. And like the Wolfman is just getting thrown into piles upon just piles of Adidas, Adidas logos. boxes yeah. with the logos out. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it was so good. So but funny. That's what's crazy. That's is how now you made a movie. You almost have to hide the product yeah. placement because people, people go get pissed. Wait a minute, that's product placement, yeah. and it's it, it is distracting sometimes. You know, it can when, be. It's, when they're doing labels out, yeah. eh, you know that yeah. kind of stuff. This wasn't distracting nah. so much that we're conditioned to look for it, but this was at a time where you could get a cigarette company to yeah. uh, sponsor a kids' movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, but more so where parents would allow a cigarette company yeah, yeah. to sponsor their kid's movie, you know? The dad's smoking, blowing smoke right in the kid's oh, face. yeah, I know. A lot. I know. He's like, we got marital problems, me and your mother. She's yeah. a real bitch sometimes, you know? That, <laughs> there is, like, a weird little tone to that scene where, oh, yeah. he, where he's, like, talking to his son about it, where he's like, will you just shut up for a while for me? You know, yeah. it's like, whoa. You know what the one thing that I thought was respectable about that scene? He's like, where are you going tonight? And the dad straight up says to the kid, marriage counseling. Yeah. I, like, oh, well, I, that's I kind of like interesting. That. I know. You know that's, that is at least a communicative family. Totally, you know, uh, and even the mom later. Oh, there was the great line. The the uh, the little girl says to the mother. Uh, oh, that was so great. She's like, "Oh, your brother's just trying to scare you." And she's and you know the conversation fizzles. And she goes, "Are you going to punish him?" She's like, "No, I love your father." She's like, "No, Sean, for trying to scare me." And yeah. She's like, "Oh, of course you meant that." Uh huh. And it, there's a small little like, "Oh, the innocence of children" that, exactly. that plays into that. And yeah. It was cool though. It showed that the mom and dad were at least working. Totally, I know. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I, you know, so it's you get that as far as like you know, I, what I do like about that, even though as you said before, it's almost set dressing that whole family drama that's happening yeah. throughout it. Uh, what I like about that is. You gotta have some sort of emotional stakes, I think, in a movie, mm-hmm. right? There have to be, uh, and even if they are cursory, as they are here, it helps. I think I mean, it you helps. Feel like they know each other. Yeah, they're not just hanging out in the same house together. Right, right. And I, I just think it helps the the movie that it does have a some arc of some kind, right? An mm-hmm. emotional arc that does get uh, uh, built and resolved in some way as the movie but goes it's on. It's not the goal of the movie. No, like it's it's very not much all. not the center, but it's also it doesn't feel tacked on and gaudy. No. It just makes it feel real. Exactly, yeah. It it actually is for a movie called The Monster Squad about monsters attacking. It's about as realistic as it can get in (laughs) terms of, uh, of, you know, just within its its own rules, it feels like a lived-in world. It really does, yeah. They, uh, where do you think this took place, by the way? I was thinking this the whole time. Space. Yeah, because um, there's like there's a shot where Dracula appears to be looking at what I always think of as like L.A. is what that looked like to me. There was like an Everglades-y area where the Gill Man came. Yeah, out of, and uh, then there was also like very very suburban suburbia that almost mm. felt midwestern. And the cops all seemed to have southern accents of some kind, except for the two main cops that seemed maybe to be New Yorkish. It was just it seemed to take place nowhere to me. It was like very unclear. Well, I don't see any indication of it. I mean, I, I don't think they ever actually say they probably a don't. town. It's, you know, it's wherever they shot it's, it. It's every town USA. I just thought that was curious to me that there were like shots where it seemed like, oh, maybe this is a city. And then there were shots where like, eh, it seems a little suburban. And then there were shots where it was like, where are there swamps? <laughs> you know? I honestly, there, there's nothing. Yeah. Oh, and I looked it up there. I, I could not find a budget, but the box office was just three point eight million. Okay. Now this is according to, of course, uh, Wikipedia, which hey, could always can be. Can we look changed. up the Rotten Tomatoes on this? I think we were gonna do that and that slipped our minds at some point. I looked at it earlier and I was actually rather disappointed, but it does make sense oh, yeah. in terms of uh oh, let's see, the monster squad. You wanna take a guess? Uh being as you just said that, I'm gonna put it forty five. Close. It is at fifty three percent. That's you know what? That's pretty respectable. That's not bad. Yeah. Um. It's uh. It's a kids movie from the eighties, right? That's uh. And and I don't even know if I would disagree with that. I think I just enjoyed it a lot. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Well, this is probably my favorite uh uh Rotten Tomatoes blurb I think I've ever read, and it's the this, there's only two words. Classic 80s. Yep. That's a tomato. So that's a good positive review. Do, uh, I, I couldn't dis- uh, disagree. You know, that's uh, it. Do, we were actually having fun. Like, la- oh, man, that was maybe my biggest laugh the whole time uh, was 
there's uh you know there's this black and white cop dynamic between the two main cops of the movie uh one of them being sean's dad mm-hmm. uh it's very shane black <laughs> it comes from shane black oh yeah and then uh very unceremoniously <laughs> dracula lights a stick of dynamite throws it <laughs> under the cop car and just kills the black cop and i gotta say eliminating 100% of the diversity in the film. Yep. <laughs> he's, he's 100% of it. Uh, just unceremoniously kills and him. And no one misses him. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and and uh, I think you, uh, one of us said out loud some of, some of the effect of like, wow, they just killed the black cop. It's an 80s movie. It's an 80s movie. <laughs> yep. Cl- classic 80s. Yep. To quote Stefan Berger Stefanson of SBS.is. Classic 80s. Yep. This is a... Uh, um, Common Sense Media's Heather Borner says, Goofy Monster Mash with a touch of negative tood. Now, that's a negative review. That, to me, reads as positive review. Yeah, that does to me, too. She puts that Monster Mash pun in there. That's got to be positive, right? Yeah, well, I mean, there's very few reviews. In fact, uh, local film reviewer Scott Weinberg uh, has a positive review, but it's just funny because this says one of the the tricks we always uh, reveal to our uh, panelists at Movie Movie Live is, uh, quote-unquote, I'm sure all the Monster Squad enthusiasts will be absolutely thrilled with the package Lionsgate has put together here. So that is a review of the DVD yep. Re- release. Yep. It's, uh, I will say this. A few years back at International House, they played this and um, uh, Night of the Creeps back-to-back. Oh, cool. And it was sweet. Yeah, it that was, sounds it, fun. It was a bunch of people our age yeah. that had went, that had seen them all as a yep. kid. And it was just a good time. Everyone yeah. was just, you know... This is a good time crazy. at the movies. The we, My Name is Horace line led to oh, a standing ovation. That's how, it's, it how it's done, and of that's really did. where this resonates. We talk about this all the time, right? you got to meet a movie on its own terms. This movie is a kid's movie. It is from the 80s. It's from a certain era of, of movie, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and it, uh, as far as that goes... It's pumping on all cylinders for me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm having a great time. Not every movie is. We just had this conversation uh, about Prometheus uh, oh, on yeah, Facebook yeah. Uh, with Dave Teruso, a uh, great author and comedian. Uh, and, uh, you know, not everything is either dog shit or the best thing I've ever seen. Most things fall nicely in the middle somewhere. Absolutely. I think this falls very nicely right in the middle Absolutely. somewhere. It's a lot of fun. It's really And I think good. that's where it wishes to fall. Yeah. You know, it's. It doesn't have its sights set higher than that. No, not at all. And uh, honestly, it's, it's one of those where. Based with all the product placement, yeah. just the way that it's set up, it's not a type of movie that seems designed to make money. Of course, that is the hope mm-hmm, of mm-hmm, any movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a love letter to monster movies. Yeah, it, it, it seems to be a movie that is actually made with altruistic intentions yeah. in terms of creating something entertaining, yeah. uh, something reverent towards the genre that it is dipping its toes into. And I don't know, it's just fun, and yeah. it, it's become a cult movie in such a fun way. Mm-hmm. Um, I God damn it, I want Fred Decker to come back. Yeah. you know, it, He needs to do something. He, he, there's some really strong directing going on mm-hmm. here. There, a lot of the effects are done simply with colored lighting. Yeah. Um, there's the shot of Sean, and his, Sean before his dad arrives on the roof mm-hmm. watching the drive-in movie through binoculars, which to me, I get the sense, is a, a young Shane Black, a young Fred Decker Man, doing exactly that. I love that. Doing what we would be doing if we were that little Hell kid. Hell yeah. And it's, it, but it's this beautifully composed oh. shot. And it's, you know, it's nothing, but it's beautifully oh, composed. Oh, it's great. And that, that gave me a real feeling Fred of like joy, awesome. you know. Like exactly. I really liked that. I There's don't know. some magic yeah. there that I think is required of a kids' mm-hmm. movie. And a lot of times when I see a movie now, like I'm trying to think of what I watched. Uh, 
Okay, I watched that. It was like a a gerbil, a three D gerbil spy movie with my with my niece many yeah. years ago. Like Zach Galifianakis is in yeah, it and yeah, all yeah. that stuff. And it G Force, G Force. <laughs> it was funny for actually. I probably enjoyed it more than her because she sure. just it it didn't register uh-huh. as anything. But like I enjoyed it, but it it wasn't fucking good. Yeah. And so in this movie that's trying to be marketable by putting a Zach Galifianakis in it. Ends up not really appealing to a kid. Ends up not really appealing to me. Right. And it's just there. There was no magic. It yep. just felt clinical. Mm-hmm. Like let's fill the boxes and let's yeah, do that. Exactly. And whereas Monster Squad does fill the boxes and does fit a certain template of a Goonies of fuck it of a like a Temple of Doom kind of thing. Yeah. It it actually felt like a, a Dito De Laurentiis produ- production <laughs> in some way. But, I would agree with that. Uh, it it has. Monster Squad has a magic to it. Yeah. There is a love emanating from it that doesn't feel as, and this is not the right word, but as cynical. Yeah. It, it's it, it's happy. I don't know. It's good. I, I really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. it it's, it's uh, I don't know, quality 80s. Right? I, I feel like, to put it this way, I feel like a movie now, Sean's parents, they do show them fighting mm-hmm. in that one mm-hmm. scene. But that's not the only thing. Mm-mm. You know, they do love one another. Mm-hmm. They do show affection towards one another. Mm-hmm. And I think in a in a more modern kids movie, it would just show that as these parents are bad. This is a bad situation, you know, and the kids don't understand it. Whereas this seemed like a hopeful, malleable situation yeah. that is going through a rough patch. That's a weird nuance that you would not often see because no. there's no time spent yeah. on it. But, you know, it, it also informs the character of Sean. Totally it does, does all that. And I think that's cool. There is a magic there. Yeah. Of just not, like the dad is clearly a flawed character. Oh, yeah. I bet he's a drinker. Mm-hmm. Uh, he smokes. He does all this stuff, but he doesn't come off as a bad guy. I feel like a lot of movies now, he would just be the villain. Sure, you know, and it's he'd just no, be a dick. A and get over it. He's kind of a hero. Yeah. Um. You see it again later in the movie. I'm comparing it to in the Sandlot. Dennis yeah. Leary. He is a scary dad figure, yeah. but he's not a bad guy at all. Karen Allen, the mom. I love yeah. her. I love my my eighties Allens. Yeah. Karen Allen and Nancy Allen get together. Ladies, we love you. Love you. Oh, <laughs> there's such those are my two like favorite just babelicious yeah. uh, uh They're your Hollywood crushes. They're my Hollywood crushes. Well, Kate Blanchett takes the cake. Oh. But I mean when it comes to just Buddy. like the all timers, yeah. Karen Allen is just the queen. Oh yeah. And and Nancy Allen is just mm, gotta see blowout. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do want to see that. But I mean, Robocop, she's Mrs. Mur- well, not uh, Mrs. Murphy, not, but she's yeah, Murphy's partner. Yes, yeah. yes. Good stuff. Uh, well, let's uh, let's plug what we're kind of doing with the rest of our month here, right? Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, are we really running out of time? We are. We're, we're, we're about 50 minutes in here, my friend. Well, right yeah, on, yeah. right I think, on. I think we're ready to close the ship. And l- Do you have anything else you want to reflect on? We can talk with, a couple with, minutes just about with, horror with in the general. Monster Squad. You know? Yeah, well, I think that's the idea. We'll probably do a couple more episodes this month. October's a big mm-hmm. month for us. Last year, we did a bunch of cool stuff. We did... Uh, Carpenter's Halloween. I think we did the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, j- you can actually go back into our archives and, and uh, check out uh, some of the horror movies we've done in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're both big fans of the genre, so we're going to try and do some more. I think we're definitely going to tackle at least one David Lynch movie this month, yeah, yeah. even if it happens to be after October 15th when the episode finally gets out there. I think it's worth doing. Yep. Uh, we're both big Lynch fans. We are doing a David Lynch-themed game show at Philomoca, which is mm-hmm. right in the heart of the Eraser Hood, where uh, Eraserhead so was real. filmed. Where he grew up, uh, and that's going to be October 15th uh, with Weeding Out the Stoned, which is another mm-hmm. fun uh, game show right after ours. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I think, I don't know. I'm curious. Do you have any horror movies in mind that you might want to check out for this year? I think it would be kind of cool to touch upon 
subgenres of horror to yeah. talk about. I mean, this was definitely a kids movie. Yes, and there are some kids horror movies, but I think it might be fun. Um, heck, if if we can somehow get out to a screening of Crimson Peak, I think Ooh, that might be worth doing. If that we're would gonna be try worth to do doing. a new one, because that seems like a classic ghost yeah. story, a little bit of a return to form for Guillermo del Toro uh-huh. after uh, Pacific Rim. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think that would be an interesting thing to it do. I think it also might be fun just to hit a hardcore slasher. Maybe yeah. do a Wes Craven movie oh, uh, in honor of the We Departed could do Nightmare. I finally saw that recently and I would loved watch it. That again. And we yeah. could totally watch that and do that. I would like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing I was thinking was uh, maybe a body horror, a Cronenberg body horror, I'd like The that. Fly. Uh, did we do The Fly? We didn't do The Fly. I don't think we did The Fly. We should do The Fly. You want to just... Uh, not necessarily say it's the next episode, but that's something people should oh, yeah. look forward to. Watch, I mean, watch, watch the fly anyway. Watch the fly anyway, yeah. but watch it this month and look forward to an episode from us. We, uh, yeah, I would love to. I do would that. love to do the fly. Yeah, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, he's Brundle Fly. Yeah, I love it. Oh, oh. it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, little plug towards another podcast, The Canon. They just did a The Thing versus the Fly episode. That was oh, really, right really on, good. Right on. Right on. Oh, that would be yeah. a tough one right? for me. I gotta say, my heart would probably be with the fly. Mine's with the thing, um, which is weird because I think the thing probably has more overall value. Okay, I just really, I really love the fly. Love the fly. Yeah, like yeah. that is a. I'm pretty sure it's in uh, close to being in my top twenty on on flick charts still. I, I do love that movie. I can't even lock that in. I don't know how I feel about that. I yeah, am torn. Right? They are both just. Yeah. If I had to kill one, it would be tough. Yeah. Right, I know. It's like I, uh, I went. I have to go the thing because that is like one of my all timers. I, I things keep popping up. Huh? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that I think about and I go, oh, oh, oh. oh no, 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 the fly. Things keep flying by and making me think of yeah. That's wild. Yeah, I have no clue. Well, yeah. leave it up to them. Yeah, have them do it. Seen anything recently you want to recommend? Um, I'm gonna have to pull up my letterbox for this. Uh, oh, you know what? If if we're talking horror, uh-huh. uh, I'll throw it out there because this is actually a movie that I have a difficult time recommending. Sure, but um, it was shelved for a while. Mm-hmm. But I really loved the Green Inferno. Oh yeah. Um, Eli Roth's shelved uh, not for any quality reasons, but because the studio just crumbled, so no one owned right. it. It's finally out. Uh, Blumhouse uh, picked it up, which oh, is uh, good for them. You know, that's... Which that's kind of yeah. what they're doing now. Yep. Uh, it's a cannibal movie. It's a love letter to a style of movie that you don't often see. Mm-hmm. But, of course, it has a little bit of uh, Eli Roth's modern sensibility. Yeah. I mean, there is a weirdly toned but, in a way, hilarious diarrhea scene, if you will. <laughs> um, you are going to see almost all of that kid from Spy Kids dick. But, you know, these are just <laughs> things you got to deal with. But it is a really neat, interesting movie. And it's just... A gross, gross, fun time. Daryl Sabara is that his name? Daryl Sabara, it? yeah, oh, he cool. is in it. And uh, I don't know it's it's wild. It, I actually it, like that kid. The first he is really good. Yeah. World's greatest dad, yeah. awesome. Uh. The first twenty minutes, I was like, "What the fuck? This uh-huh. is this is poor." Oh, like it was poor. But yeah. then suddenly, you know, the wheels come off, and it yeah. just it hits the ground running and hits hard. Yeah, and it doesn't stop. Yeah, I loved it. Well, I will. Uh, you actually brought up good points as we're talking horror. My recommendation will be "We Are Still Here," uh, which uh, Andrew Sensenig, former guest on uh, the podcast you're currently listening to, check out our interview with Andrew Sensenig that we did a year or two ago about *Us Streaming Color*. Uh, he's in this movie. We are still here. Uh, that I, I liked quite a bit, uh, and potential future guest Larry Fessenden is one of the stars of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. Uh, it has an. I, I will say it has an awesome finale. The last ten minutes are, are pretty incredible. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and great creature design. Oh yeah, uh, and, and otherwise it's a pretty decent horror flick. I, I I did enjoy it overall. Uh, not you know, 
Uh, not one of the, the best horror movies I've seen in recent years, but pretty good. Pretty good. Really enjoyed it. And just uh, because I think you really should, uh, if you get a chance to see either or both Sicario and The Martian on the big screen, yes, do yes, it. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome yes. movies. Two of the best of the year. Shaking up my list wildly. The Martian was great. I'm looking forward to seeing Sicario it's hopefully great. tomorrow. Yep. Uh, definitely see it. Um, and also a, a kind of an indie movie. Little love for it. I ended up really loving it. Mississippi Grind. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Just if, if that's playing locally, which it is here, but maybe not around you, that's a cool movie that is doomed to not appeal to anybody in a marketing sense, mm, it is mm-hmm. actually a really great character study. Yeah, I, I've seen a, a few other positive reviews from people uh, other than yourself as well. And uh, you were telling me earlier, which I think would be of interest to people, that uh, it's a great Ryan Reynolds performance. Yes, uh, Ryan Reynolds is is underappreciated. And in the right role, he can really do some stuff. Totally and agree. And he's in the right role here. Yeah. And is opposite Ben Mendelsohn, who oh, fucking awesome. rules. Yeah, he's uh, great. That's awesome. And he's good in it yeah. he's got a real shaggy dog thing going oh, on cool. that is just pitiable and awesome that's great that's good uh well october 15th we're doing a david lynch theme game show at philomoca please join us it's going to be a great time uh you can find us on twitter at i like two movie that's with the number mm-hmm. two you can find us on facebook at the same place.com slash i like two movie uh, you can find me on twitter at philadelphia you can find me on letterbox.com slash philadelphia uh reviewing everything i watch for the all of oh, sorry <laughs> no i was i was literally just stringing more words together go all of those same things but at dan scully yes. i have that and then also you should check out cinadelphia.com i uh, do some reviewing for them Hey, you know what? I've... I'll plug you. You wrote a great fucking review of The Martian. Thank you. Uh, Thank go, you. go see The Martian, read Dan's review of it on Cinadelphia. And more importantly, read The Martian book. That's a really good book. Uh, and Andy I Weir, honestly right? think that Andy Weir, if you read the book after seeing the movie, it'll still be just as enjoyable. Mm-hmm. And we forgot to mention this. The Monster Squad is on Netflix. Oh, watch so you can it. you right can now, watch it right free. now. Have a great time. And it's ten minutes long. Yep. So go go fucking rock that. Yep. Uh, I feel like that would be a great just uh, Halloween party movie, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so definitely check that out. Um all right, I think that'll do it for us. I think that is everything. Yeah. Let's sign off. My name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like you do. to movie movie. You do, because, because we, we like to movie. movie.